My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to VOC 91.3 FM. I'm Khawa Solomon, 77 minutes after the hour of 6 o'clock. Shukran so much for joining us on this beautiful, mashallah, what, what a misty, cloudy um, Saturday evening it is. And this, uh, oh, alhamdulillah, we're looking at our new month of uh, um, in the, on the Islamic calendar, uh, of course, in the Gregorian 25th of April and uh, the 5th of Rajab 1435, alhamdulillah. Today live uh, we are doing questions and answers. So this is a program where you have to SMS on 47913. That is our SMS line is open on 47913. We do though apologize for all those waiting in anticipation to have their questions answers. Those that have sent their questions um, at the end of March and a few weeks ago. Alhamdulillah we are getting through it slowly but surely but um, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst is in studio with us, the resident imam at the Sophia Masjid answering your questions. So, Assalamu alaikum to you, Sheikh. And a hearty welcome to all the listeners of Voice of the Cape. But different environment this time, uh, not in the recording studio, but live on air. Um, and uh, I must add that it's almost Maghrib, and so we will just have a few uh, a few minutes uh, for our first few questions. So if we can get straight into that, uh, Sheikh. So the first question I have is, um, inshallah, and that is received via SMS on 47913. Assalamu alaikum. My husband gave gave me a talaq at the end of my haid, although I only hustle the next day. Is the talaq valid? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaikum once again. Um, of course, this particular question um, refers to uh, a lot of people actually ask this. Um, uh, since uh, uh, a person who is in haid, um, obviously, um, can a person talaq in this state? Firstly, it's haram to do this without okay. any due reason. The Prophet ﷺ has forbidden this act. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is um, because uh, if you look at how the idda is worked out, uh, basically, if a person is divorced, a woman is divorced during her haid, it will mean that her idda period or the waiting period will be prolonged. And the Prophet ﷺ did not want that. Mm. And so it is haram to do this. A person should not intentionally or willingly uh, divorce his wife while she is in a state of hayd. Okay. However, having said that, mm-hmm. it is still a valid talaq. The talaq still okay. goes through. It is still has its effect. So she will immediately go into idda. Okay. Um, so uh, although, uh, and we shouldn't be confused between these two things. It's haram. The person mm-hmm. should not do it, but let's say he does it out okay. of ignorance or, or spite, whatever the case may be, then it means he's, he's committed an act of haram, but that does not mean that the divorce itself is not valid. It's still valid. Okay. And the proof for this is there was an incident in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam where Sayyidina Umar's son, Abdullah ibn Umar, he actually divorced his wife mm-hmm. while she was in a hayd. And when the Prophet والسلام, came to hear about this, he said to the father, to Sayyidina Umar, mm-hmm. he said, Murhu thumma hatta tatur. Tell him that he should take her back. He should revoke okay. it. And then he should keep her until she is clean. Mm. And in another version of this hadith, it says, thumma Then he must make sure that when he gives the divorce, it must be while she is in a state of 
purity. And what we see from this hadith is the fact that the Prophet wasallam said to Abdullah ibn Umar's father, Umar, to say to him, take her back. Hmm. And obviously that can only mean that the divorce was valid. Okay. Otherwise there would be no reason to take back. Hmm. And then he instructed um, his father to, to say to him that he should rather wait until she's clean. And when she is clean, of course, then he should divorce her. Okay. And the reason, like I said, is that we will obviously count, um, and this will come up later on, hmm. the, uh, we will count the, the idda period in terms of the amount of clean periods that the human will will experience. Okay. So obviously if it's in the hayd, then it means that extra hayd period then also now becomes part of the idda, hmm. which makes it longer than what it would have been if the idda had to be, or if the talaq rather had to be done in a state of cleanliness or, or purity. Okay, shukran, Sheikh. I think we have um, time for one last question. Yes, one last question. Okay, assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Can a Muslim have a huge snake as a pet? Yeah, this is quite a strange question. We okay. have a question we had it before, I think, or something similar, um, where we said that look, uh, if we look at the ahadith of Rasulullah etc., the Nabi Sallam definitely discouraged okay. people to have any involvement with snakes, etc., etc. Although we won't say it's 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 haram per se, because mm. uh, it depends. Obviously, I mean, there's lots of things that one needs to ask here. Is it perhaps uh, uh, harmful? You know, can the snake cause any harm? Can can it be a danger to a person? Can it uh, act in a strange way if mm. it's not uh, fed properly etc uh, and also are you perhaps uh, doing some uh, wrong to the animal you know by keeping that type of animal in your home because okay. uh, obviously that type of um, uh, reptile needs a specific environment and they live in a specific way so if you are going to keep them in your home are you able to supply that mm. you know but we certainly find that the Prophet Sallallahu was very very keen for us not to engage too much in, in, in this type of thing mm. um, that's why we find just uh, with regards to killing of certain animals when a person is in a haram yeah. now, this is the indication normally if you're in a haram you're not supposed to kill anything okay but the Prophet made the exception of this reptile um, to say that you can kill it okay. because of certain reasons obviously that is Danger obvious yeah. uh, yes that is obvious to all of us shukran sheikh let's uh, break for our maghrib adhan inshallah and more questions after this stay with us My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening, 33 minutes after the hour of 6 o'clock. This is Questions and Answers, where we take your SMSs on 47913. I'm Khawa Solomon, and I'll be with you for the next, unfortunately, half an hour or so. We'll try and squeeze in as much questions as we can. Again, again, a big, big shukran to all those that have been patient as we, um, you know, took the weeks to answer your questions. We want to give everybody's question the proper answer and, and, and answered in a proper way, as Sheikh did does justice to every, each and every question that does come through. So questions can be sent through via our Facebook page as well if you're listening to us over the lands and across the seas and uh, you can just make it attention to Serena. So uh, welcome back and assalamu alaikum to Sheikh once again. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullah sister. So the next question is Sheikh assalamu alaikum want to know if a talaq can, can take place over the phone Sheikh. 
Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The, the main criteria with regards to issuing a divorce when it comes from the husband is the, the, the clarity of the words and, and whether he's speaking in clear terms or whether he's speaking perhaps in unclear terms. Mm. And so if it is done over the phone, let's say the, the wife is accepting the call and she is 100% convinced that it is the husband speaking mm-hmm. and that it's not a prank or not uh, someone else trying to imitate the husband, etc. Um, then of course that talaq will be valid if he speaks in clear terms. Right. In other words, unambiguous. Uh, if it's ambiguous terms, um, saying things like go to your mother or pack your bags or stuff like that, then, of course, we want to first ascertain what was his intention behind those words. Mm. So um, uh, the, the, the basic criteria is um, to, to ascertain this clarity first before we, do, we, we make a decision whether it is to be termed talaq or not. Of course, with the modern technology, I would say also that we must obviously be careful and cautious and make sure that, you know, if a person is speaking to you on the phone like that, make sure it is him, you mm-hmm. know, because it could possibly be some pe- sometimes, you know, voices can be made over or it can be imitated, etc. Et especially with the new technology and stuff like that. So that makes it a bit more challenging. But if the wife is convinced that it is him and they are speaking directly to each other like that, then of course that talaq would be valid if the words are clear. Hmm. If not, then obviously, like I said, we will ask him what he means. If he says, I meant talaq, then it will also be talaq. If he says, no, I didn't mean, I was just fooling around, or I was just hmm. wanting to scare her, or I just wanted to you know, frighten her, whatever the case is, then in that case, it will not be considered a talaq. So his intention will count. Uh, as far as the unclear words are concerned mm. as for the clear words there's no difference whether he says he me- meant it or not the meaning uh, the word itself will have the desired effect once it is uttered okay shukran sheikh assalamu alaikum when does aida end at the beginning or end of the third period shukran yeah like we said uh, in a previous question on the show that uh, the way that uh, the 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 talaq should be uh, issued is when the woman is actually clean and she's not in a state of hayd so how do we count then the idda once she has been divorced we will count three clean periods Okay. okay, so we don't count the menstrual cycles per se, but we she has to be in three complete clean cycles. Mm. So if she is uh, divorced while she is uh, pure, and then obviously she gets uh, her menstruation after that, right? So that one will be her first clean spell. Mm-hmm. Then she is clear again after that height. Okay, once that uh, clean spell is done, then she's done two clear spells. Then she'll get height again. Then she'll get a third clean spell. Right, and that third clean spell has to be outlived completely, so uh, sort of has to be experienced completely. And once that third clean spell has come to an end, and the third hide starts from from then, then of course the idda will be over. In mm-hmm. other words, at the end of the third clean spell, or one could say at the beginning of the third hide uh, period, mm-hmm. right, Men- menstrual cycle. And some people ask this question, obviously when the talaq was issued while she was pure, it may have been in a time where she was clean maybe just for a short while and then the tayyid came. So let's say she was almost due to have a menstrual cycle mm. a day or two before and then the husband divorced her in that case. So does that first period still count as a clean spell as one of the three? The answer is yes, even if it's short, even if it is one day, even if it, even if it is less than one day. It doesn't matter. If she was clean and the husband divorced her during that clean spell, then the end of that clean spell will be the first clean spell that is complete, no matter how long or how short that is. Okay. So just to repeat, she has to experience three complete clean spells 
and her idda will obviously then end at the beginning of her third haid that she receives or that she experiences since the time that the divorce was issued um, i hope i hope that is inshallah clear enough for for the person asking crystal sheikh okay so the next one is assalamu alaikum sheikh my husband is cross now for almost two weeks so he's angry at her for two weeks he comes and say nothing eats and sleep with absolutely no communication what can i do yeah um, no communication obviously is uh, is signaling for disaster mm. in a marriage because what happens is if, if if a couple don't speak to each other the frustration and the anger builds up and the resentment builds up etc and um, it it just gets worse after that mm. i mean the longer you take to sort of break the ice or to make the first move it just gets worse and worse so you must try to talk with your husband and 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 try to convince him that you need to speak about your issues mm. and you do so tactfully you do so in a way that you are not provoking or not rude or not um, going to show him any contempt but you try your best to convince him that look we are a married couple and if you have issues we need to obviously um, speak about them we need to bring them out in the open and uh, we cannot keep them within ourselves because mm. it will just uh increase in ourselves and it will just eventually the bubble will burst and then mm. it will be uh, a major thing um for example when we do the nikah we, we we hear normally the imam he recites a verse of the quran that relates to uh, taqwa you know consciousness of allah and this particular verse in surah al-ahzab which is chapter 33 allah ta'ala says ya ayyuhal ladina amanu taqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadida aw yuhu believe speak words that are clear and upfront you know speak words that are clear in terms and words that are straightforward mm. because if you do that yuslih lakum a'malakum allah ta'ala will repay all your deeds for you you know your actions your deeds will be repaid meaning it will be in a better state mm. so this is very uh, suitable here you know the moment they come in the open and they speak to each other in a decent manner i mean they are both adults they are both you know grown ups they they know what what is right and what is wrong mm. and they know what what marriage means they it's a partnership you cannot be on your own so you cannot be cross like for 2 3 weeks and not say nothing and mm. just come and eat and sleep and live past live past past each other walk past each other that obviously it's it's going to lead to disaster like mm. i said so uh, it's best that this wife try her utmost to and if it means she has to uh, you know get someone involved that can maybe convince him that they need to speak mm. then maybe she should consider that but she should be sensitive it must be someone that obviously she can trust and the family can trust she don't involve anyone mm. that perhaps may may make things worse the bottom line is to convince him that we need to sit down have a discussion and try to resolve our outstanding issues. Shukran Sheikh and with that we need to pay the bills and come back with more of your questions on 47913 back in a moment. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back. This is Questions and Answer Forum. Um, I'm Khawa Salman. With me is Sheikh Ibrahim Moos answering your questions. So if we continue with our SMSs, shukran so much for those that have sent it through and those that we are just back, a bit backdated as well. So the next one is, uh, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. I always hear people say that when you wash the body of a deceased Muslim person and the limbs are loose, it is a sign of a good Muslim person. Is this true, Sheikh? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, I haven't come across any sort of uh, evidence or 
hadith or anything that speaks about it. I mm-hmm. mean, I try to sort of look uh, in the books that I have at my disposal. I haven't seen anything. Okay. Um, however, uh, if you speak to the you know people that do this thing, the Tukamandis and so on, uh, they actually seems to confirm this. I mean, they confirm the fact that a person, for example, who uh, has been a, a person who made his salah regularly, etc., hmm. um, that it's very easy to wash such a person. You know, his body is naturally loose and naturally e- easy to wash. Okay, whereas a person who perhaps was not very um, uh, obedient or was not very sort of uh, um, particular on the salah and on good things like that. It's, it's slightly more difficult. So I've I've heard these things, you know, about uh, some of the Tukamandis. They speak this kind of thing. And of course, they speak out of experience what they see. So yes, it it wouldn't be far fetched that this is true. But at the same time, we're not going to use it as a measurement, you know. Mm. So let's say we get somebody's limbs that is a bit stiff. That doesn't mean automatically was a bad person. Mm. Right, and it doesn't mean also that if the limbs are not uh, that stuff, that he was a good person. I mean, we aren't going to just make that assumption. However, at the same time, I've heard, like I say, some Tukamandi say this. You know, they, if it was a, a pious man, that they knew was always in the mosque and stuff like that, it would just appear it's much easier. It's hmm. as if they say like his body is much more eager, you know, just to be washed and eager to be shrouded because he's obviously in a place where he's very eager to go where he's going to, you know, so he's not resisting. Mm. There's no reason for him to resist. So these are obviously things that people, like I say, experience, but we're not going to use it as a judgment. We know that the the ulama tell you that it's sunnah that obviously once the person has died, that immediately after the person's ruh has left his body, that you try to loosen the limbs. I mean, that is the sunnah so that Mm. it becomes easy for you when you wash it. So you don't let the body lie there until you wash it and then try to loosen it because then it will be difficult. Hmm. Otherwise, while the body is still warm, that is the time when the family must actually try to stretch the arms and the hands hmm. and, and the feet and so on. It, it makes the job of the Tukamande much easier if that is done. So, I mean, that gives you an indication that it's 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 not a criteria to say if it is this way or that way, that it m- uh, must mean something. Hmm. Okay. While at the same time, it may, it may, Allah knows best. Um, but there is nothing in the hadith or in the text that I found that actually indicates this. Shukran, Sheikh. Um, yeah, is there a request, Sheikh, to please uh, repeat the dua that uh, Sheikh made for the sick, inshallah, and uh, also saying shukran for a good program? Yes, uh, I think the dua that we mentioned on air was a very short dua, which uh, I mentioned a few times um, on the various programs. And that is the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam advised one of the companions that if you visit the sick and you recite this dua seven times, then Allah Ta'ala will bring some relief to the person who's ill. Mm. And the dua goes as follows, As'alullah al-Azim, Rabb al-Arsh al-Azim, ayyashfiyaka. Okay, As'alullah al-Azim, Rabb al-Arsh al-Azim, ayyashfiyaka. And basically what the dua means, I ask you, O Allah, who is the greatest, the Lord of the great throne, to give shifa to this person. Okay, and try to repeat this dua seven times. This was one of many duas which the Prophet ﷺ used to say when he visited the sick. And also, he used to also say, La ba's tahur, inshallah. La ba's tahur. And uh, what this means is, don't worry. You know, this is a form of cleansing for you. And I mentioned also that this dua that you make, La ba's tahur, or the statement that you make, it's somewhat encouraging for the person. Because it means, don't worry, if you are experiencing some pain and difficulty, it is actually a means that Allah Ta'ala is purifying you, elevating your status and uh, and your rank, etc. 
Um, so that is something that we can also say that is sunnah that the Prophet used to say, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and their first dua uh, is one of like many, many duas that can mm. be uttered uh, when a person visits the sick. Okay, Sheikh, this is an interesting one. So this would be, of course, Sheikh's comments on this. Assalamu alaikum. With regards to a previous comment on dua, I was at a Jummah yesterday and the Molina told the congregation we're not allowed to make dua for one another. He continued to say that we can't make the dua in a dirty place, example, at a wedding reception where people are not dressed appropriately. He compared, compared it to um, <laughs> Khinzir Briani. <laughs> Let's leave it like that. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what that last part means. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to interpret it, but it's, it's obviously um, a very unsuitable kind of term to use yeah. uh, in any way. Um, but be that as it may, I mean, the uh, first of all, you know, the, the statement that we must not make dua for one another, or we're not allowed to, mm. you know, this is, this is directly against the sunnah. This mm. is directly against the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he, in clear terms, you know, said that we should make dua for one another. And not only did he say that, he demonstrated it himself. Hmm. You know, and uh, one of these incidents we can relate, which is authentic, is that when Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab an, was on his way to perform an Umrah, you know, he was about to leave, and the Prophet wasallam actually called him and he said to him, Ya akhi la tansana min du'aik. He says, Oh my brother, don't forget me in your du'as. Hmm. This is the Prophet wasallam asking Sayyidina Umar to make du'a for him. If he's going on Umrah And here we can obviously speak a lot of things We can say the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam He's not in need of the dua of Sayyidina Umar Because surely his own dua is much more mustajab Than the dua of Umar hmm. But the reason why he actually asked Sayyidina Umar Is to teach us That if somebody goes on Umrah Goes on Hajj Or you think the person is in a good space Or a salih person Ask that person to make dua for you You know, He's teaching us that so that shows that you can request and the person can make dua for someone else. Then also we find a hadith where the Nabi Ali Salatu Salam actually said, Dua ul mar'i muslimi mustajabun li akhihi bi dahri al ghaib inda rasihi malikun, inda rasi malakun radam wakalun bihi, kulama da'a li akhihi bi khairin kal al malak, amin walaka mithlu dalik. Beautiful dua where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that when, um, uh, beautiful hadith rather, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that when a Muslim person makes dua to his fellow Muslim, you know, that dua is mustajab. Hmm. Especially if it is done in his absence. You know, you do it without him knowing, then that is obviously dua that is mustajab. And then Nabi Asim continues to say that such a person, when he is making that dua for his brother, there is an angel at that time who is actually listening to the dua of this person. And whatever he's asking for his Muslim brother, this angel will be saying, May Allah accept this dua and also give you equal to what you are asking for him. I mean, look at how great this is. The angel is there to say Amin and also to encourage and to say that the same things that he's asked for his Muslim brother mm. will also be afforded to him himself. So obviously this shows that the, the dua is mustajab for one, for one, for, for one another. Mm. It is definitely something encouraged by the sunnah of Rasulullah so, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shukran, Sheikh. We continue with your SMSs after this. Stay with us. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Our last few minutes, and we do apologize once again to all those who has waited in anticipation for their answers to be, um, rather the questions to be answered. We did have a long break with the various broadcasts and the, and the Bolan Festival. And of course, our program is kind of shortened um, during this month as well, at least for the next few months, uh, last month as well, as that Maghrib hits us right smack bang in the middle. So, jazakallah um, khair to all those. Once again, do send your questions as, as requested and they will get answered in, in due time as well. You may also download the shows just to check if your, your question has been answered on iono.fm Sheikh, the next question is Assalamu alaikum. So if a Shafi um, you recite Surah Fatiha now when you do a, uh, when, when you recite your Fatiha when you stand behind an Imam, do you recite it with him or after um, after he recites the Fatiha loud? Hmm. Yeah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The, the recital of the Fatiha on the part of the follower is obviously a, an integral part of the Salah. It has to be done. Um, it cannot be left out. Um, as to when to recite that particular Fatiha, um, obviously if it's a soft Salah, there's no problem because you mm-hmm. immediately go into your Fatiha and your Surah behind the Imam. There's no issue. The issue is, as the questioner says, if he's reciting aloud, when do I do mine? Hmm. Um, there is no uh, set rules pertaining to this, although the, the, the sort of more or the normative way of doing it would be to wait until his Fatiha is uh, complete. Because the, the, the etiquette of the Quran is as such that when the Quran is recited, you try not to recite. You try to obviously listen. Hmm. So whilst he's reciting the Fatiha, you wait until he's done because you're listening to his Fatiha. And then after he's done, before he recites his surah, you then recite your fatiha. And this on the part of the imam should also be something that, uh, that he practices, where he gives some time after his fatiha for you to recite yours. Hmm. Right, to pause a little bit before he goes into the surah. So that is the normative way of doing it. However, if a person fears that perhaps the imam does not give that time after his fatiha, he goes immediately into a surah. And it may be a short surah also that he recites, which will not give you enough time to recite your fatiha. Then the best year is to recite the fatiha while he is reciting. Obviously, this will go against the etiquette of listening, hmm. which obviously you, you should try not to do. But if there's a necessity like in this case, then you can do it. So here the recommendation will be to actually recite each ayah after he recites his ayah. So he recites, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. You recite by yourself, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. He says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, you recite Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. So you are, as if you are repeating what he is doing. Okay? okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can do that. The okay. only thing for that is, uh, it could be that you are still reciting and, and he's also oh, okay, reciting. Yeah. And then you are missing, obviously, the part of listening. Yeah. So if you know there's enough time afterwards, the normative and the best way to do it is to wait until he's done. Mm-hmm. And then he should also know to give a little bit of a break for you to recite yours. And then you recite your Fatiha separately and quickly um, so that obviously when he begins with his Surah, then you are done with your Fatiha and you can now listen to the rest of the Quran that he is going to recite in that particular Salah. But had you done it anyway, it doesn't matter, after or with him, your Salah will be valid as long as you've recited the Fatiha for your own Raka'ah. That is what is important. Hmm. You should not miss the Fatiha for each Raka'ah of your own salah, um, whether it is a loud salah, a soft salah, a fard salah, a sunnah salah, the fatiha is integral for each and every rak'ah of the salah. Shukran, Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum. If I miss the first rak'ah uh, with Imam and do it when the Imam ends the salah, do I just read the fatiha or do I read another surah with the fatiha, Sheikh? 
Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, you, you may come into the masjid and uh, let's say it's Maghrib and the Imam has now, um, you came in, in and it was the third rak'ah already. So you missed rak'ah number one and two. Okay, so you obviously have to build on, right? So yes, once you build on your rak'ahs, you will recite the surah hmm. uh, as part of the sunnah of your own salah. Because remember, uh, your own salah obviously also re- it's also sunnah to recite a surah after the fatiha. Okay, so in such a case, if you've missed, um, let's say, Mathalan Isha, Isha is a better example. So you come for Isha, you've missed the first two rakas. So, which means when you are reciting with him or when you're making your salah with him, it now means that um, the time that you are making your fatiha for your two rakas, mm. right, which you got with him, he is not making a surah. Okay, so there you also, you may not have time for a surah. So you leave off the surah for your first and second. Mm-hmm. And then when you build your, your other two rak'ahs, you can actually then recite the, the, the surah after the fatiha. Okay, there is nothing wrong with that. But all of that is recommended only. It's, it's sunnah. It's mm-hmm. not going to invalidate your salah if you do not recite a, a surah after the fatiha. Like okay. I said in the previous question, the only part that is integral is the fatiha. But it is also recommended to recite a surah. So if you've missed uh, uh, his surah that he's recited, mm-hmm. then you recite your own. That that won't make uh, that will be actually better for you. So okay. at least add that surah to your salah. Shukran, Sheikh. Unfortunately, that is exactly where we have to leave it. Um, shukran to all our listeners. A big thank you for listening and staying tuned. Again, I reiterate that if you've missed any of the shows of questions and answers, please do download them on Iona and you can check also whether your um, question has been answered. We will, um, of course, uh, answer your questions as they come in, as the weeks come in. A big shukran for all the SMSs that has been received tonight. I see it's, it's, it's some of them relate to the, the questions and the answers that has been given to tonight, but it will be answered in in due time inshallah again 47913 is the sms line and uh, as well as our facebook page is available the voice of the cape and you may email at in info at vocfm.co.za jazakallah khair once again to sheikh ibrahim was and again to his family as well and all the best to um, ali makanita who was also expecting and uh, for the last few days i think inshallah but uh, all the best to sheikh's family and salama travel yeah jazakallah khair unto you also hawa and uh, keep us in your duas and uh, until we meet, inshallah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And from myself, Khawasanan, be safe wherever you are. Very good day. And wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo.